thank you for tuning into the Short Stacks. I'm Lisa Quintero, Young Adult Librarian. And I'm Nick Barron, patron and sometimes volunteer. This is the show where we talk to you about what we've been reading, watching, or listening to. And this week we're going to be talking to you about horror movies. Love the scary stuff. Yes. But first... Library news. So, uh, like I mentioned before, we're not having the Halloween happening this year because of COVID. So instead... Miss Heidi has organized a few different Halloween activities. There's going to be a virtual costume parade. So if you haven't already submitted your photo of your child in their in their costume, uh, you can go ahead and do that either on our Facebook or you can email them to us, shorewood at mcflitz.org, which is mcfls for Milwaukee County Federated Library System, .org. And then there is also going to be a scavenger hunt this week, which I mentioned on our last episode. And so you can pick up a scavenger hunt sheet at the Children's Information Desk, and then you can complete the scavenger hunt. And once you finish it, you turn it into a librarian, and you'll get a special treat bag as long as you turn it in by Halloween or on Halloween. Um, Miss Heidi is also doing a special Halloween story time on Thursday, October 29th at 9 a.m. It's going to be a virtual story time. She had been doing story times outside, but it's gotten too cold for that and too rainy, and so now it's mostly going to be virtual story times from here on out until things get back to normal. But yeah, other than that, we've got a Tinker Lab kit available on Monday, and um, the following week, the first week of November, we have our evening book club that's happening. So if you're interested in the book club, check out the website for the book that Haley's reading with the club and for information on how to join them. From the stacks. So like I said, this week we're going to be talking about horror movies. And um, yeah, uh, what drew you to horror movies, Nick? So as a young lad, um, I first fell in love with monsters. (laughs) Godzilla, King Kong. Like I was obsessed with those movies. And that, of course, led to, uh, you know, the uh, Frankenstein, Dracula, uh, Wolfman, uh, Gill Man, mm-hmm. um, all, all of, all of the, uh, all the men, uh, yes, all, <laughs> all, all the classic monsters, men are monsters. Um, so, so yeah, so uh, like all, all the, the classic movie monsters. Oh. Um, and yeah, I just, I just loved monsters. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's interesting. Well, before I, before I go and prattle on about monsters, what drew you to horror movies? I think part of what you read of horror movies is my dad watched a lot of horror movies when I was a kid, and I always kind of liked the thrill of being scared to some degree. Um, and I remember my mom not wanting us to watch horror movies with my dad. But, you know, it was the 80s, my parents were in their 20s, and my dad was just kind of like, you know, whatever. It was a different time, you know, we rode in the front seat with no seatbelt on, uh, you know, parents left us in the car when they went inside the store to get groceries or whatever, you know. 1980s, different yeah, time. I remember uh, <laughs> all of those things. Yeah, so my, my dad was like, you know, no big deal. Uh, and so we he would come home from work late at night because my dad was a line cook. He still was a line cook. And um, come home around, you know, 10 o'clock at night. And that's what would be playing on TV sometimes. And so my sister and I would crawl in bed with him. And we would watch whatever he was watching. And my mom would, you know, be like, you're going to have nightmares. Don't, don't let them watch this with you. But that's. I started watching horror movies when I was probably about five or six, and I have loved them ever since. Um, some people probably think that I am warped, warped because of them. Um, I think that I turned out great. <laughs> but yeah. Do you remember what the what the first movie was that like terrified you or uh, or gave you nightmares? I think the first one 
that I remember watching. There's two that I big, that I that I distinctly remember watching with my dad that like really freaked me out. The first one that I remember watching is Night of the Living Dead, the, the original George Romero movie, in the 1968 one. And the scene where the little girl turns into a zombie and starts eating her parents, like that just like, I was just like, I don't want to eat my mom and dad. <laughs> but that's what would yeah. happen to you, you know? And so um, that was terrifying. And then the other movie that I remember that came out around the same time was this movie called Goonies. And I don't know if anybody <laughs> knows this movie. I remember it. But this movie called Ghoulies is about these like folks who they they throw this party at some big fancy mansion. And um it came out, let's see, nineteen eighty five. So came out when I was three, but I probably watched it when I was about five or six because it was on TV. Um and yeah, so these these people throw this big party at this big fancy mansion and they summon these demons and all of a sudden these demons that look like babies, little green babies with very sharp teeth start popping up out of everywhere. And the scene that I distinctly remember was that one of them pops out of the toilet yep. and bites one of the people who was involved in the seance in their nether regions. Mm. And I remember for weeks, I could not go to the bathroom by myself. Yep. I made my sister come into the bathroom and sit on the bathtub in case a monster tried to drag me into the toilet and eat me. <laughs> You know, so yeah, my mom wasn't entirely wrong. Um, yep. There were there were nightmares, there were there were fears, but you know, I also learned to overcome my fears. Yep. <laughs> and at least that's what I tell myself. It's funny because there was a, the whole trend of, of of movies like that because Gremlins was so popular, mm-hmm. and then there was Ghoulies, and I believe Chud, uh, Cannibalistic Humanoid Underground Dwellers, is uh, also yes, a little. And then there was like the Leprechaun movies. <laughs> yeah, well, that that was later. <laughs> that was later, but, but yeah. But uh, but yeah, for for me. Um, there was a post-apocalyptic movie called Damnation Alley. Uh-huh. And I had never m- met anybody that had seen said movie, uh, but I, I stumbled upon it somewhere and I, I, w- I want to rewatch it. I know that it's avail- available for viewing. But there was a scene where a guy gets consumed by cockroaches. Mm. And I was it, like, my brain kind of, young brain freaked out and melted on that. And then the other thing was similar to your story about the bathroom. So the movie, the blob, mm-hmm. um, the cla- the classic horror movie, the blob. Um, I was really little when I saw that and it's, it's, I mean, it's the slow moving blob. <laughs> it's not that <laughs> scary. Um, but I thought it was going to come up out of the, out of the drain in the bathtub and uh-huh. consume me. And so <laughs> I remember my mom dragging me, kicking and screaming to take my bath. And then coming in, you know, uh, she's like, oh, at the end of the movie, they killed it with ice. So she put like a glass of ice in the uh, bathroom in case I needed to protect myself. So, um, but yeah, so, so I, I think for both of us, we, you know, get joy out um, of that. The thrills. Yeah. yeah the, uh, the, the adrenaline rush. But yeah. So I guess. One thing I'd like to talk about is what your top three and my top three horror movies are since we've watched so many of them over the years. Um, and then we can talk about what we've been watching during our Halloween horror marathon because every year we do this kind of marathon of sorts. You know, some people do 31 horror movies in 31 days. We, we try to do that, but we've never really accomplished it because we just have too much other stuff going on in our lives. 
Um, Though sometimes we, get, in fact, I think this year we got started in September. We did get started in September, uh, but we we just don't have that. Yeah, that drive to do like you know a movie every night or yeah. whatever. So, so yeah, but we'll talk about some of the ones that we watched this year from the library. But first, yeah, tell me about what do you consider your top three horror movies? What are they and why? Yeah, I I struggled with this. Mm-hmm. Um, and the three that I chose, I think they're good choices, um, great choices, my choices. Yep. Um, oh no. <laughs> but uh, but it was it was funny because there's kind of like a, a consistency that made me like, man, I'm stuck in a rut. Um, <laughs> All right, tell us about it. So my my number one uh, favorite uh, is 28 Days Later, which okay. came out in 2002. Uh-huh. Uh, it is a movie about zombies but they're not real zombies um they are people that have been infected with rage um and uh um this spreads through the population like wildfire it's a really like grim and dark and realistic uh horror movie Mm -hmm. the score um they do a consistent uh a consistent uh playthrough of um, music from a um, orchestral type punk outfit, weird art punk um, called Godspeed You Black Emperor. Mm-hmm. Um, and it just captures the, the mood so well. It's fantastic. Highly recommended. The complete opposite of that movie, but also in a very similar theme, Army of Darkness, which is got Bruce Campbell. He's a total knucklehead. Yeah, so it's a Sam Raimi movie, right? Sam, yeah, yes. 1980. 19- 90s, 1992, okay. and that was the third, the third Evil Dead movie, yeah. Army of Darkness, and I love all the all the Evil Dead movies, and the Deadites, which are like the the threat in the movie, are basically like zombies. They're demon zombies, but they're basically zombies. Mm. Um, and that movie's a horror comedy. It's there's like a lot of a lot of Bruce Campbell fighting against himself or being attacked by, I I don't I don't even. It's ridiculous. <laughs> Highly recommend it. Um, and then the classic um, Night of the Living Dead. Night of the Living Dead, somewhere in my teenage years, became like the the Halloween night ritual. Because in Buffalo, there was a channel that would play it at midnight every single uh, every single year. And it became a thing where, okay, every year I got to watch Night of the Living Dead. Yeah. An, abs- an absolute classic. Um, and the kind of the original... It's probably not the original zombie movie, but for most people, it is the original zombie movie. Yeah, for sure. Um, so what are yours? Yeah, um, yeah. I see you have a the zombie theme going on. Mine are kind of all over the place. Um, I think my my one of my very top ones is Halloween, which came out in I think it was nineteen seventy nine. Uh, let me double check that. But it stars Jamie Lee Curtis and has the villain who is Michael Myers and he wears the William Shatner mask. Yep. Very creepy. And all you hear is <sighs> the, the heavy breathing. Yep. Um, and, the, and the fantastic John Carpenter yes, score. Yes, it has a great, great soundtrack. And I think I really enjoyed that one um, partially because as a kid it felt... 1978, sorry, that's when it came out. But yeah, as a kid it felt... Um, it felt realistic to me, I guess, because, you know, it, it um, takes place in a town that's supposed to be in Illinois, 
even though it didn't look any, like the high school didn't look anything like the high schools in Illinois where I live because it's all outdoor because they film it in California. In Pasadena. Yes, but um, <laughs> but the hedges and the, the leaves and the trees turning and everything, you know, had that very fall feeling of, of Illinois and the Midwest. And growing up, I did a lot of, you know, babysitting. And, you know, like I said, we were kids in the 80s, so we were often kind of left to our own devices. Um, and so it was a movie that kind of spoke to me and that it, it felt very real to me when I watched it at first. Um, I, fir- I first watched it when that one also when I was probably about seven or eight. Um, and I remember my mom being really upset with my dad because my mom and my dad went and saw that on a date when they first started <laughs> dating. And my mom, I guess, had nightmares and like clutched my dad the entire time through that movie because she was like, this is terrifying. My mom is not a scary movie person. She's never been a scary movie person. Um, and so... Yeah, when she found out that like my sister and I had watched it with my dad, she was pretty upset. Right. But I think you know part part of it is childhood memories, and part of it's just it's just like a classic. It's iconic, you know. Like you said, the score, the the scenes, Jamie Lee Curtis, you know, and her outfits, and um, the end. The end always creeped me out, you know. Um, yeah, and out, out of out of the the in the eighties, the, the popular subgenre was the slasher movie. Mm. And I, I, I feel like out of the slasher movies, it's, it's probably the, the most unsettling because of the fact that it's, it's got that realism about it. Yeah. Yeah. And you, you think like, you know, like Texas Chainsaw Massacre, it's like how many of you actually like drive out to the country and end up, you know, in this, this area where you're going to get murdered by this crazy farm family, mm. you know, but like, to me, this was like in the suburbs and it's just like, this guy who kills his family for some reason because he goes crazy and then he comes back and starts killing people in this regular suburban neighborhood and you're just like, what is happening? Yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, so that one's one of my favorites. Um, another one that is one of my favorites is It Follows, which actually came out more recently. Um, that one is a film that kind of has a nostalgic feel to it. It came out in... 2014, so it was the year before we moved here, and we actually I actually watched it the year that we moved here in 2015. Yep. And it um, is the first movie that has given me nightmares as an adult. Um, most movies, you know, I've watched so many scary movies over the years that I they don't they don't they'll scare me in the moment, you know, like I'll, have, I'll jump or whatever, but they don't give me nightmares. This movie gave me, gave me nightmares. Um, kind of like an allegory about sexual assault, and um, or some people think it's an allegory about like STDs or you know, yeah, that's that's what the director said. Yeah, things that like follow you that you that you can't really see, um, trauma, kind of like tra- you know uh, traumatic things, and and so it has a lot of really cool creepy imagery, and it 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 has this very 1980s aesthetic, like people use landlines and like you know there's not really the cell phone thing or anything like that, and the colors and the clothing and everything just kind of has that 1980s feel, but it's a modern film. Um, I, I remember not really being thrilled with the ending, but the like up until the last ten minutes of the movie, where like they're at the swimming pool, up until that point, like I absolutely love that movie. Yeah. Um, the end, I just kind of feel like the director didn't know what to do with it and how to make it stop following them, and mm-hmm. so they were just like, well, we'll do this thing, and like if that movie ended right before that swimming pool scene, I would be happy. <laughs> um, Lisa has a problem with spoilers. <laughs> I'm We've not met, telling we, people I, what happened at the swimming pool. I'm just saying that there's a swimming pool scene at the end. I've tried to do my best to yes. not spoil things. <laughs> I'm sorry. 
<laughs> but uh, but yeah, the, the the thing about it follows is there's a, there's a a, te- a constant tension because the thing that is following them is all like there's it's always ever present following them. Yes. And so it yeah, it's it's a good movie. Yeah. And then my third one is one that's also actually on your list, which is 1968, Night of the Living Dead, George Romero. Um, and I like the, the whole George Romero zombie uh, series. And I've always enjoyed them because, you know, they're all, they're all different social commentaries on different things, you know, and, and how society is at the time that they are filmed. And um, I just remember, like I said, of watching that as a kid and, and being freaked out by it and having nightmares from it. And um, it's one of those movies that, you know, even though it's in black and white, you watch it and it's still still super creepy. Yeah. Um, you know, because some other horror movies that are in black and white, some, I mean, there are some that are pretty creepy out there. Like, there's that one called Eyes Without a Face. I think I might have made you watch that at some point where, like, the person has, like, transplants of faces and they're like, that was super creepy, too. Yeah, <laughs> and there's even modern ones, like uh, uh, A Girl Walks Home Alone at Night. Isn't that the one that was... Was that, was that quite... Yeah, maybe. The, what, the vampire one? The, yeah, from, that was like from Iranian. Movie. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah so, um, so, yeah, I mean, there's, there's you know, I, I think sometimes in horror, you know, people think that more gore and more blood and more color is what's necessary for it to be a good horror movie. And, and I do enjoy, you know, the some of that stuff to some degree, but I, I tend to like a little bit of horror that's more psychological and cerebral than, than you know, just the splatter gore stuff. Like, I'm not I'm not a torture porn person. Like, I, I can't watch, like, I know some some people are really into Takashi, Mike or Takashi Miki, or I don't know how you say that person's name. There are the Saw movies. Yeah, and I remember, like, watching a movie with, with a friend of mine several years ago where, like, one of those movies is a Takashi Mike movie where, like, some woman gets, like, nails like hammered under her fingernails and i was like i can't watch this like i I, I, like that i i can't do that i just i can't um but you know i i like creepy but i don't like torture yeah like that's just i can't watch it they're they're two different they're two different things i mean to some people they're they're the same thing to some people you know they're like and and if that's your thing that's your thing but it's just not not my thing but yeah um so yeah before we talk about what we've been watching recently i just wanted to share uh, one of our listeners lisa another Lisa not me (laughs) one of our listeners shared an article with us about horror movies and uh, I thought it was pretty interesting apparently somebody did a study to determine what the scariest movie ever was and so what they did um, it was Forbes that they decided to do an actual scientific study they called it the science of scare project they tracked the heart rates of 50 people of different ages who watched over 100 hours of scary movies and after that, they were able to narrow down a list of what they concluded are 35 of the most terrifying movies ever made. And according to them, the scariest movie ever made is Sinister from 2012, um, which I think you and I watched. It's about Ethan Hawke, and he is like a true crime writer, and he ends up moving his family to a house where like they ended up finding a bunch of snuff films, and like oh yeah, and yeah. Then, like yep. the family slowly like yep. ends up like killing each other off or something. Um, so that one apparently is rated number one, which I found interesting because I remember being scared during that, like having some jump scares, but I don't remember it being like that scary. Um, but of those, let's see, it follows my one of my top three is number six. Um, Halloween is number 14. 28 Days Later is number 16. And then other than that, it looks like those are the only ones from our lists that are on there. 
But there are quite a few other movies on here that are great. Like it lists Hereditary, which is super yeah. creepy. Uh, it lists The Babadook, which is also yes. super creepy. Yep. Uh, the Descent, which is about those women who go like cave di- dumping, jumping or di- diving. Spelunking. Spelunking, yes. Um, the uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Um, the Exorcist, which is also good. Uh, Scream, which is okay. Yeah. <laughs> it, which is also, in my mind, just okay. The Witch, which I really enjoyed. Yeah, the Witch was great. Uh, Alien. The Blair Witch Project, which I never really got the appeal of that movie. What's, but... <laughs> what's funny is is the Blair Witch, like, when I, was, when I was trying to think of, like, the ones that I've gone back, I saw the Blair Witch Project, I think, three times in the theater. Uh-huh. Um, because when it came out, I loved it. Mm-hmm. I thought it was great. Um, but, uh, but yeah. Yeah. Yeah, The Shining's on this list. Uh, Get Out is on this list, but it's towards the bottom. I, I really like Get Out. I would put it higher up. Um, but I thought it was scarier. Maybe it's maybe it's a contextual thing yeah. in terms of what you consider scary versus what other people consider scary. The real quick side note about it, or not it, um, Get uh, Out, the, the Shining. Oh, The Shining. Okay. The Shining. When The Shining came out and it was playing on HBO as 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 a young lad, I remember everybody talking up certain scenes, uh-huh. and so like it was one of those movies where. I didn't ever watch it all the way through, and the parts that I watched were like between between my fingers, you know, like <laughs> you know, like so that I could could cover my eyes because I had heard such horrible things about what took place uh-huh. that it was like too hard for me to watch because I was I was scared. Yeah. Um, yeah, this is interesting too because it also breaks them down by which movies have the biggest jump scares. So Insidious has the most jump scares. Uh, Sinister has the second most, The Exorcist 3, The Conjuring, and The Descent. Mm. Um, but yeah, so if you're interested in taking a look at the, the list and everything that is on it, you can look up the Forbes Science of Scare project. There you go. Um, so yeah, so let's go on and talk about some of what we've been watching recently. So all of these movies that we are talking about are things that you can find at the library. We've checked all of these out, most of them from Shorewood, but some of them I got from other libraries. Um, and and all, all of these are actually fairly current. I, I After we went through a bunch of these movies, I... Um, yeah, the only one that's not current is Pulse. That was from 2006. Yeah. Everything else was from like 2019 or 2020. But, uh, so, so I... I Made a request. Okay, I want some stuff pre nineteen ninety after 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 this one. <laughs> um, but uh, what was your favorite of what we've watched so far? Ooh, out of what we saw so far, that's a hard question. Because <laughs> um, I liked different ones for different reasons. All right, so tell me your your favorite. Uh, so I don't be afraid of the dark. Um, I really liked. The, Tell us I, what it is about. Oh, I was getting to that. Okay. <laughs> so, so don't be afraid of the dark is a uh, Guillermo del Toro uh-huh. uh, movie. Um, wrote the script. He didn't direct it. Um, but uh, it is about a a deal is made with the an ancient deal is made with the Pope um, to give uh, the teeth of children in exchange exchange for um keeping these fey creatures at bay Mm -hmm. it's tooth fairies yeah it's a it's a like the fact that they made the tooth fairy into this very like 
creepy and insidious group of of creatures that just want children's teeth. That yes. just want that just wants children's teeth. Um, it, and they don't care how they get them. Yes, it, it 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 was such a twist on the idea of the tooth fairy. I thought it was very clever. It, I don't know that it was my favorite movie out of these, but as far as concept, uh-huh. um, it was the most creative concept out of all. I think that one was my favorite out of these. Okay. Um, I liked the artwork because there's like all this really cool artwork because the, the original character that we see who's trying to work with these tooth fairies because they've stolen his son because he wasn't able to give them children's teeth in exchange for you know them leaving him alone, so they took his son. Um, he draws all these drawings and paints this mural. And I like the architecture because it, it takes place in this giant mansion and it's this couple and they are renovating this giant mansion. Um, it stars Katie Holmes and I can't remember who the, the dad is. but um, And there's a little girl who comes to live with them and she's the dad's daughter. And um, she, uh, she ends up, you know, discovering the tooth fairies in the basement and they kind of start coming out and, and talking to her and messing with things like little gremlins. And um, I thought that the art for the tooth fairies themselves was really cool, too, because sometimes when you see monsters and gremlins and things like, you know, like the baby ghoulies and ghoulies, like now watching it, I'm like, that's real dumb. <laughs> but, um, but they did a pretty good job with the RGs. And I, yeah. I you know, I liked the uh that aspect of it a lot and i like i liked the little kid because she was kind of creepy um and i think they did a good job of casting that film yeah yeah it's creepy it's cool yeah um probably the movie and you're gonna laugh at this the uh, looking at the list i think the movie that made me the most tense Uh was 47 meters down And so we just watched this last night. We watched this last night, and it is a shark movie. Yes. Um, the, and these girls go into uh, these Mayan ruins uh, in the Yucatan Peninsula of Mexico. Hibalba. Yes, Hibalba. Um, they go to to these ruins. They're they're scuba diving, and there happen to be these great white sharks down there who have no eyes because they evolved in these ruins, and so they evolved without eyes. They're just blind. Yeah, good line. And so the you know slowly people start getting eaten off by sharks. <laughs> but 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 the the thing is it had good jump scares, but it had tension the entire time because they're scuba diving and they get trapped in this underwater ruin. And so there's they they're constantly giving you updates as to how much air they have left. Mm-hmm. And there's also you know you. There's that implied nature of ruins where things can collapse and people can get stuck. Mm-hmm. And so because of the fact that there was this, okay, we've got the threat of the sharks. And then there's... Also, nobody knows where they are. And nobody nobody knows nobody knows where they are. Um, so there's nobody that's going to be coming looking for them. There's just this, this constant threat that uh, the combination of the, the sharks and the um, running out of air... Um, yeah, I was I was just like tense the entire time in in a good way. It it made me feel. There were a couple of things in the movie that were absolutely ridiculous. Yeah, the ending of that movie was so ridiculous. But there's but it was also like ridiculous and bad in that like great ridiculous and bad way. Some movies are are good bad. Some movies are bad bad. This was a good bad. But yes, yeah, and so so I. Lisa's normally the spoiler queen. I'm going to give some spoilers right here. There is So they set up a thing at the very beginning of the movie where 
Um, they were supposed to go on a uh, um, glass bottom boat shark tour, and they skip out on going on the shark tour um, in order to go scuba diving secretly. And it comes full circle at the very end <laughs> when they finally escape the uh, the the Mayan ruins. They they escape Hibalba. They're out in the ocean and they see a boat and they're like, help, help. And then it's actually the glass bottom boat and they're throwing chum in the water so that yes. the sharks will come <laughs> to where they've just emerged. And it it leads up to where everything gets real goofy. But And I totally called that that would happen too as yeah. soon as we saw the boat. I was like, let me guess, it's the glass bottom boat. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And so, um, yeah, it it's it's... It made me laugh. Yeah, it was. It is. It is ridiculous, but it's also. It did have a lot of good jump scares. It was. It was a good light, light horror in terms of like not. You know, it's not super dark, not super psychological. It's. It's a good just monster movie. Like if you like Jaws or anything like that. And and the other thing that made me really happy when I was thinking about it today, I was telling somebody at at uh, at work today about it, and it hit me. I was like, and also. It's a shark movie where the sharks didn't get killed. Yeah, that's true. I didn't think about that. Yeah. I mean, I think about Jaws, and I love Jaws, but I do not like that Jaws gets blown up. Yeah, exactly. Um, so, yeah, what? which of these others do we want to talk about? So I really enjoyed um, The Hunt, and I know The Hunt has been one that has been checked out quite a bit and like has a lot of holds on it and it stars the woman from the tv show glow and i can't remember what her name is off the top of my head and it is a movie that is kind of like a mix of the most dangerous game which if anybody doesn't know what that movie is it's an old movie from like the the 60s and it's based on a is it a rudyard kipling story yeah i don't remember I, I, re- I read it in, in middle school, but I don't. And it is. It, the Most Dangerous Game is a uh, story about people hunting people. Yep. And then it's also it's like a mix of that and like kind of like the Hunger Games. Yeah. So, um, so since you're typing at the same time, mm-hmm. I, I, I will. So it's it's a, a movie. It's directed by the or created by the people that did the, the Purge movies. And it is a assessment of class and political ideology. Yes. Um, so essentially a bunch of rich liberals um, acquire a bunch of uh, a bunch of uh, poor, uh, presumably right wing folks and decide that they're going to hunt them um, as for sport and for for pleasure. Yeah, and the main actress is Betty Gilpin, yeah. and it looks like the story is actually a short story by Richard Connell. Reality okay. um, done. Yeah, and so uh, things that that jump out about it, it 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 did have a lot of like you know I never thought about this that way type of mm-hmm. type of moments where uh, you know how one side sees the other side, mm-hmm. you know the the you know the uh, city elites versus the uh the uh rural uh the poor rural folks yeah um and so there's there's a lot of a lot of interplay with that um strong female lead mm-hmm. um as well as um yeah i guess um what i liked about it was that it kind of examines our assumptions about people that we make mm-hmm. and and the you know the, the danger of making assumptions 
Um, I will not spoil what happens, but basically some very big assumptions are made about one of the characters that turn out to be not true at all. And yep. there are, um, and other assumptions are made about the character that, you know, are just way, way far off base. And so, um, and there, there's kind of a case of mistaken identity. Yeah. And so I thought it was a really interesting movie. Um, I thought the, you know, considering our political climate right now, I thought it was, it was interesting in that, you know, right now people seem to be kind of at each other's throats and, you know, this movie turned that into a very real, literal people killing each other um, over politics and ideology. Um, and, uh, yeah, I... And it, I, I should note, it, there, there's, the, like, the way that was just framed, it sounds really dark and too real. It's it's done in a light and humorous way at times mm. in order to offset the the messages yeah. that it's trying to trying to convey. Yeah, and I think that the main character carries it really well, Betty Gilpin from Glow. Um, she, uh, like Nick said, she's a, a very strong female character, um, and she she just kind of surprises you at every turn. Um, yeah. And and I thought that she did a really good job. And um, yeah, you should check it out. Other than that, what else do we have on our list here? Um, let's talk about The House at the End of the Street briefly. Okay. Um, so The House at the End of the Street was a movie starring Jennifer Lawrence, and that one, I think, was from uh, last year or two years ago. Um, and it's basically about a young woman and her mom who move into a house, and there is a guy who lives down the street, and his sister supposedly killed his family, and... Uh, everybody kind of ostracizes him because of it, and so this girl's kind of soft-hearted, and so she befriends him until we see that he, you know, at one point, she doesn't know this, but we see that he's keeping his sister locked in his basement, and you know, whenever somebody's keeping somebody locked in the basement, they're probably not a very good person. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's portrayed as like, oh, his sister went crazy, and she killed the family, and then she ran after and the so woods, and she so... died, and so he's just trying to protect her, and she and she he locks her up in the basement, but he's kind of like chained up down there, and like he's drugging her, and you're just like, this is, this doesn't yeah. seem like a good it's, thing. It's, the, the thing that... We won't belabor this movie too too long because it, it, you will we would give away all of the yes I totally called the ending like ten yeah. minutes into the movie so <laughs> but the thing that I liked about this movie is that it just gets darker and darker and darker and darker because you're like it starts off you know sort sort of creepy and then it's like oh he's not so bad and then you find out that he's a little bit worse and he's a little bit worse and he's a little bit worse. And so, um, I, I, I enjoyed it. Yeah, no, I enjoyed it too. Um, and I think, you know, Jennifer Lawrence did a good job. And actually that one's older than, uh, than the other ones. That one's from 2012. Okay. Um, so the curse of La Llorona. Uh, La Llorona. <laughs> La Llorona. Uh, the curse of La Llorona is part of the Conjuring universe. And I was actually, very curious about this movie because La Llorona is a is a, a like a folk tale, urban legend that's told in Mexico. And growing up, when I lived down there for a few years, um, we heard the story we lived near a river, and we were told not to go play near the river without our parents or or at all really, um, because La Llorona would get you. And La Llorona means the crying woman. And so the story is is that this woman 
you know, she was very beautiful and um, like the story in the movie is a little bit different than what I what I was told growing up. But basically this woman, for some reason, decides that she has to kill her children. And so she drowns her children in the river. And then later she regrets drowning her children. And so she cries about them. And in order to assuage her guilt over killing her children, she tries to steal other people's children to bring to drown them to bring them into her world to be with her because she misses her children so much and so um i wasn't exactly sure how this movie is going to play out um i was a little worried that they would completely mess up the uh the urban legend folktale aspect of it but they did a pretty good job um and it actually had latinx characters in it which which i was happy about because i was also like is this going to be completely whitewashed like what's this movie going to be um, and it had some good, some good jump scares. Um, Which that, that was the funny thing about 47 meters down uncaged is that it takes place in Mexico. There's and like it's, no Mexico. There's like <laughs> one, the guy that's throwing the jump in the water at the end of the movie. He's like the and only person speaking actually, Spanish. Ben, ben, the, the, the first of the divers, uh, that, uh. That gets eaten by a shark. Yeah, the, the first red shirt. <laughs> um, he, uh, he, uh, if I recall correctly, in the brief moment that they showed him before he was in scuba gear. Um, that uh, he was uh, Latino. Okay. But um, I I just no- noticed where we are on time, and so um, let's just uh, jump to uh, Ready or Not. Okay. And then I want to talk about the Dead Don't Die. Yes. Okay. So Ready or Not. Okay. Ready or Not. Ready or Not is a movie that Angie actually recommended to me. Angie is our administrative assistant at the library, and she also really enjoys horror. And if any of you have seen the lovely horror display that we have across from the information desk right now, and she put that together. And so, um, yeah, she overheard me talking with some of my colleagues about horror movies. We were, I was talking to, to Jesse, who works at the front desk, about the house at the end of the street. And, um, and yeah, so Angie's like, can you see Ready or Not? And I was like, no. And she's like, you should watch it. And then I also had a patron come in and tell me that you need to watch that movie, too. And so it's basically about this woman who marries into this family. This family is a very wealthy family and they are board game designers. They're like, you know, those like what's that big They 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 bought a a company similar to Milton Bradley. It's like Milton Bradley, yes, yeah. That's gonna then like what's the name? Yeah, so Milton Bradley, they kinda like that. And they they own this, you know, big gaming company. And so whenever anybody marries into their family, they have to play a game at midnight on their wedding night in order to become part of the family, except for you put like they 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 made a deal with this Mr. I can't remember what the guy's name is, is, but they made a deal with some some guy that's basically the devil. Um, and long ago the patriarch of the family on a boat, and so they have this special box, and you pull a card out of the box, and the card tells you what game you're gonna play. And so if it tells you, you know, like you were playing old maid, you play old maid and you're fine. Um, if it tells you you're playing, you know, chess, you play chess and you're fine. But there's like one card that can come out that is different than all the other cards, and it's the ready or not card in which you have to play hide and seek. Hide and seek. Yeah. Um, and if you play hide and seek, basically everybody in the family has to hunt the new member of the family. So in this case, the bride. Um, and if they don't kill her before dawn, uh, something very bad will happen to the family, or at least that's what they think. Um, and so the whole movie is basically this woman running away from her fiance, now husband's family, as they try to kill her because she happens to pull the hide and seek card. 
Um, yeah. And he does not prepare her for any of this. She doesn't know what she's getting into. He's just like, oh, it's no big deal. We just play this game at midnight. It's fine. You'll be fine. Yeah. Yeah. It, w- once again, uh, similar to uh, the hunt, um, this this movie has like a like class undertones, mm-hmm. um, but they're they're different class undertones than yeah. uh, than, than the hunt. The hunt. Yeah. But uh, but yeah, it it was very. It's a very it's a very entertaining movie. Yeah. Um, you know, I don't know that it's as as scary as as some of the other movies, yeah, but it's like very it's, entertaining. It's more like a revenge movie. I feel like yeah. it's more like a Kill Bill, like you know, like because she, I mean, she is not having any of it, and she is just like, this is crazy, and I am out. Yeah. Um, and so she. And it's it's not her being terrified the whole time. It's like once she realizes what's going on, then you know she fights back. Yeah. And it was pretty rad, and she she is so tough. Like there was a scene where she's like pushing herself through, like, their raw iron gate, and she's, like, her skin's, like, ripping, and I'm just like, ah, girl, I don't know that I could do that, but... And it's it's funny, too, because when... That was a scene where, where uh, after they showed her get through the gate, I was like, why didn't she just go through the lower part where she wouldn't yeah. have gotten stuck? But that anyways... Part, that part was hard. <laughs> the other part that I was like, I'm not as tough as this woman, was when she fell into, you know, they're, they're like, devil worshippers, so they have this pit of goats where they, like, throw the dead goats, and she's like, ends up falling into the pit of goats and then has to like, oh, like climb her way out. Yeah. That one was rough too. Yeah. It was, it was good. <laughs> it, it was really good. But it, it, was, was, it was it was you'll cringe. Yes, you will cringe. So but um but yeah. Other than that, the the very last one that I would like to talk about is The Dead Don't Die, which is a Jim Jarmish film. Um and it is another horror comedy, but kind of a a different kind of horror comedy. Um if anybody such, it's, it's such dry humor yeah basically if you've ever seen a jim jarmish film i love jim jarmish so like i'm i'm biased here um but yes jim jarmish a lot of his movies are have a lot of very dry humor and um it's kind of meta meta humor and so it is uh a zombie film starring bill murray and adam driver and chloe savini and steve buscemi and danny Glover and tilda swinton and a bunch of different people and so um one of the characters is, like, aware of what is happening, and, and you know, it's meta in that, like, he's like, I know what's going to happen because it's in the script. And some people find that stuff really annoying, but the way that Jim Jarmusch does it, like, I, I like it. <laughs> you know, and he, yeah, like... Adam Driver throughout the movie says, this is going to end badly. And then fi- finally Bill Murray asks him, why why do you keep saying that? I read the script. <laughs> I read the script. And then Bill Murray's like, well, Jim Jarmusch didn't need this full script. You got the full script. <laughs> yeah. And then they keep like replaying the, the theme song. Oh, Tom Waits is also in it. Yes. And he plays this like homeless guy that lives in the woods, and he like is watching everything happen, but nothing like bad happens to him. Um, Steve Buscemi plays like a, a like racist guy who like goes around like trying to, to like you know harass people all the time, and he he gets what's coming to him. <laughs> <laughs> and, and and the funny thing is 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 that like like. They're, they're, they have the opportunity to warn him, and Bill Murray, Bill Murray's character is just like, nah. And then, and then Adam Driver's like, no, he's a he's a citizen of Centerville, and uh, and so Bill Bill Murray's like, oh, we'll have somebody call him. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, but yeah, no, it's 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 a a very amusing movie. Like as far as as I think my horror comedy goes, uh-huh. it's. 
it's more of a Lisa horror comedy than a Nick horror comedy. Yeah, it's campy, but it's campy in a different way. Yeah. It's like RZA from Wu Tang Clan is in it, and yeah. he works for Wu PS instead yeah. of UPS. Like, yeah. you know, if you like if you like jokes like that. Yeah. <laughs> no. I, I I feel like RZA was underutilized, but uh, but anyways. Yeah, I I really enjoyed it, and I I giggled the whole time, and this was my second time watching it, so. Yep. But yeah, if you're curious about what else was on our list. Um, we had Pulse, which is a 2006 film about some people who get like sucked into the internet. Um, yeah, it's a remake of a Jap- Japanese uh, movie, and it's not that they get sucked into the internet; it's that uh, they download a virus, and the virus transports basically kind of like an entity into reality. Yeah. Um, and then, other than that, we watched a movie called Ma which is a very sad movie about a woman who kind of enacts this revenge plot against the children of a bunch of her classmates who bullied her in high school. Yeah. Um, so both of those were just, they're all right. But yeah, um, that's what we've been watching so far. Um, if you have any favorite horror movies that you would like to share with us, uh, feel free to email us at showwoodstacks at gmail.com. We love getting fan mail. We actually received some fan mail from Carolyn last week where she told us that she really enjoyed our running podcast. And um, she, I saw her at the library, and she told me that she was really excited to watch that documentary about the guy who started the New York Marathon that we watched, um, Run For Your Life. Yep. So yeah, uh, yeah. if you've got comments for us, if you've got questions for us, feel free to reach out. Like I said, we are at shorewoodstacks at gmail.com. Uh, otherwise, you can find us on Facebook and Twitter via the Shorewood Library handles. And um, you can find this podcast on Spotify, iTunes, and Podbean. As always, we hope you have enjoyed the show. Thank you for listening. And until next time, be well. was produced and recorded by Lisa Quintero and Nick Barron for the Shore Public Library. Music for the show is by Kevin McLeod and it's called Ice Flow and can be found at incompetech.com.